Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters, and we're two pastors, one podcast. On each episode, we'll be answering one of your questions about God, the Bible, faith, and life. We're so excited you're joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Is it still morning? Oh, 11.36. It is still morning. It's still barely morning, but yes. it is morning. Yep. It doesn't feel that way. Hmm. Anyways, we got in late last night from vacation. I think we got home by one. Were we home by one? Yeah, we were definitely home by one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we were asleep by one, but no, we were we home weren't. by one. Uh, started the day in Wisconsin. I was thinking about that this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking, boy, yesterday at this time I was swimming in a lake in Wisconsin, and here we are back in Texas. With our so, dog chewing on his... Our dog chewing madly on his antler. Yes. And unfortunately, there's not much we can do about it because... Uh, for the first time, Zeke was in a, a kennel for, you know, the eight days of a vacation. A resort. A resort a kennel. A pet resort. Oh, okay. a kennel. All right, whatever. But anyways, and so he had a wonderful time, had a great time. But when we, since we have picked him up, he has barely left our side. Yeah, so, mainly your side, yes. So there's no way that he's going to go into another room. He will chew contentedly upon this antler in okay. fear that we take it away from him. True. So, so he's doing that. And so we got in late. We got up early because some of the boys had football, etc. Mm-hmm. And so we're dragging a bit, but we have had a wonderful vacation, so yeah. we shouldn't be. We shouldn't. We no, should be refreshed, and refreshed, and ready to go. And this is a place we've gone to every year since. Uh, well, at least since I was, since you and I were married. But mm-hmm. you've been going since you were twelve 30, years yeah, old, right? Thirty-five, I think, years or something. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yep. That's incredible. Had a great time. We took the uh, the highlight for me was probably taking the whole family canoeing <laughs> on the Namakagan River. What are you laughing about? I'm laughing. It was fun. It, it was, was it was fun. a long paddle, it nine or ten miles. And yeah, nine, well, you know what's nine or ten miles when you're a family? Yes. You know? Okay. Well, we're talking was, about family today. And it was all downriver too. Yes. Okay. So. And we're t- okay. That's a good sw- segue because we might have to go back to that a little bit. But anyways, we are talking about Psalm 127, mm-hmm. which is all about building and guarding yes. those things in your life which are important, family being the main one in this particular psalm. So for you, that was a time of building, huh? Yeah, that was a time of building, you know, uh, recognizing that our family's getting older and that, you know, soon it won't be quite so easy, if even possible, to get them all together again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your, your parents are getting older too, and so, you know, we're trying to enjoy all this time while we can. Mm-hmm. He's having a grand That is definitely true, and our dog mm-hmm. is definitely sneezing away. Okay. Well, anyways, so let's begin by reading the psalm. Okay. So Psalm 127 in the ESV version. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with him, for he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Okay, so um, we've been kind of talking about each of these psalms as a different answering a different question mm-hmm. or being for a different time in your life. So I wanted to... Just um, begin with a quote. That's what I seem to always do. And this mm-hmm. one is by Augustine. Do you say Augustine or Augustine? People say different things. Well, there's two people with mm-hmm. the same name pronounced differently. So the the original what? one, is, yeah, so the, the famous one is Augustine of Hippo, and that he is the, the church father yes. lived in the 400s in North Africa. Okay, that's Augustine. Augustine of Hippo. And then there is an English clergyman, a St. Augustine. I did not know this. Yeah. And so you can say either, but this particular guy is Augustine. 
of but hippo. there is also an Augustine who is an English saint. Uh, honestly, never, never once yeah. heard that in all my years. Okay, well, this is Augustine, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he says, if the psalm prays, you pray. If it laments, you lament. If it exalts, you rejoice. If it hopes, you hope. If it fears, you fear. Everything written here is a mirror for us. When, therefore, we pray the language of the Psalms, God graciously changes us into the kind of people he would have us be. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so the point being that each one we've done so far, we've done a lament, mm-hmm. and we've done, um, well, the Psalm 1 is kind of the path, right? Yep. Blessed is the, the man who psalm. does this, the wisdom psalm. And 121 was the, kind of a travel psalm mm-hmm. or um, a psalm of, you know, well, guidance for guidance, exactly. too. And then today we are talking about... Purpose mm-hmm. and maybe legacy. Yeah, and you know, I love the quote he has there. Mm-hmm. He says, "If uh, if it rejoice, if it exalts, you rejoice; if it laments, you lament, and mm-hmm. so on." Because that's actually the advice I gave uh, our vicar Alia too when preaching. Oh, okay. Is that you know the one of the keys to a good sermon is whatever the whatever sure. the lesson is, you do it. You, right. you preach the text, and so if it's a lesson of joy, then you preach joy. If it's a okay. lesson of conviction, then you preach conviction. But you do the you do the lesson, and that's kind of what I hear. Augustine, say. Yeah, that's <laughs> Augustine, thank mm-hmm. you. That is exactly what he says. And that's how we treat the Psalms. And as we've mentioned many times, they just have every every human emotion yeah. here. So we, we just go along with what the particular author is saying. And today we have, for the first time, I think one of Solomon. I think this is our first song of Solomon. The first one that we've that we're at. That we're doing, yeah. yes. Because he didn't have too many. No, he didn't. He's known for the Proverbs. And it's interesting that this one would be ascribed to him because it starts out talking about, you know, building. So building a house. And of course, Solomon built the temple. Right. Um, and then building a city. And of course, Solomon built up Jerusalem and the entire kingdom of Jerusalem. Um, yeah, exactly. And then exactly. it talks about children. And, you know, Solomon had, we know, what, 700 concubines, 300 right. wives. So right. Lord only knows how many kids he had. Right. Well, uh, he, yeah, go ahead. And so it's just interesting that this this rather reflective, uh, uh, taciturn psalm would come from a, a man who was so outwardly successful. Right, but I think if anyone knew the difference between building on the Lord's foundation mm-hmm. or not, it might be him as well. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, he had his own issues as well. Oh, and yeah, yes, he certainly had a quiver full, as we'll get yeah. to what that term means and whatnot. He must have had a quiver full. I don't know if we're ever told exactly how many children no, he had, not. but if he had all these wives and concubines he obviously had quite a few mm-hmm. um, but you're right he is more known for the proverbs somewhere in second kings or first kings or something it says that he wrote like a thousand psalms but we don't right. get the thousand psalms we just get a few of his right in here um, but the first two verses then point to everything that we do really needs to be done in the name of the lord right yeah done for the glory of the lord mm-hmm. whether it be building something or watching over something, right? Because it's unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So in other words, if we're doing things, what, for our own glory? Like if Solomon had built the mm-hmm. temple for his own glory or uh, whatever, that would not, that would be building in vain. Yeah. And I think, too, there's also that sense of, you know, there's there's human effort which uh, we are called to give our best to everything we do. Whatever mm-hmm. you do in work or deed, do it as for the Lord Jesus Christ, says uh, Paul. Right. So whatever we do, we're supposed to do to the best of our effort, but always with the understanding that it's under God's authority and that sometimes, you know, unless the Lord builds the city, we can be building it. But if it's not what he wants, 
it'll ultimately be in vain. Uh, in vain. In vain. A- yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we kind of looked in our homework this week. We went back to the Tower of Babel for that very... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That very building in vain, right? Because the Lord didn't want mm-hmm. that to go no, the way they want. had planned. Yeah, and I'd say too to your people who were uh, memorizing it, uh, this is kind of an interesting one, Psalm uh, verses 1 and 2, because there's it sets you up for a pattern. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, and you expect, because he gives to his beloved peace, mm-hmm. but instead there's this extra half verse, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved peace. Right, and that makes it a little different. But I will say this, since I was on vacation and also since we've memorized a lot, this we only are memorizing one verse this oh, week. Okay. <laughs> so we didn't need that whole thing. We're only doing Psalm or verse 1. Okay. It's a chance to re-kind of go back, and if mm-hmm. you didn't get everything else memorized, you can do it. But um, those little things do make it very difficult when there's something you're not expecting. Yeah, and it makes it exciting, too. So that when yeah. you hear it, it's there's an added twist that you didn't, you know, that you weren't expecting. But the, the other side is, yes, it does kind of trip you up when you're trying to memorize it. Right. Because you expect one thing and it goes a slightly different direction. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this term of anxious toil. Yeah. What's the difference, do you think, between, you know, well done work or work you feel good about and go to bed happy at night or this idea of anxious toil and not sleeping? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say that, uh, that again, we're called to toil. You know, originally God made Adam and set him in the garden to work. Mm-hmm. Right? And that was good. That was very good. That was before and the fall. That was the purpose of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we are called to work. We're called to work hard. But there's a difference between toil and anxious toil. Yes. Uh, ang- so, so good work, hard work, is work that you uh, you do it and then you commend the results to the Lord. You say, Lord, I'm giving it everything I got. Okay. And I know that you are the, the Lord in charge. And so this is what I have and I give it over to you. Anxious toil is where you take a lot of that back upon yourself. And you say, well, gee, you know, if I, if I only did this, if I only did that, and if I only did the other, then maybe this thing would happen. Striving. Well, yeah. and yeah, Striving, yeah. In a, bad, in a negative way of striving. In a negative yeah. sense. And so, you know, a real life example for me would be, I feel like God has called me here to Bernie. Uh, at this time when Bernie is growing, and so I feel like one of the things I need to do is is, is see this church grow, mm-hmm. see this church really grow in size. And so I work very hard to do that, but I recognize that you know what I want may not necessarily yes. be what God wants. Yep. And so I toil and I work hard, but I don't get anxious about it mm-hmm. uh, because I know that this is God's house. He's called me here for a season. He's made me a steward for a season. And then ultimately, it's his decision what will happen. Right. And so that's the difference between you know uh, working hard and, and resting well and then being anxious even at night and not being able to sleep. Right. You say, well, it's in God's hands. It's in God's hands, yes, because it says, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to go to bed with these anxious thoughts about, yeah. you know, if we're, if, we're putting, if we're working for him, right? right? If we're putting it in his hands and saying, you know, your will be done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, and uh, uh, another thing I would touch on is that when you go to bed, uh, you know, I, I never have trouble sleeping. I just <laughs> go right to sleep. Uh, but I know a lot of people do, and so something that that I've always found very helpful is when you you know when you turn out the lights, uh, take the take a couple moments, take a few minutes to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, review the day, give God thanks. I always look for three things to give God thanks for, uh, and it's a way of kind of laying those things yes. to rest. And if there's still something that's bothering you, you know, mm-hmm. commit, Lord, I give this into your hands. Uh, and what I found is that when you trust God with those things, He takes them off your heart, off your mind, and you can fall right to sleep. Right. 
Um, well, I think you had a whole sermon one time on this idea of the bony fingers. What do you do when you yep. work your fingers to the bone? What, what do you, you get? Bony, bony fingers. fingers. You yep. played that thing. So yes, and that's the idea there with that anxious toil. But it does go back to, to the fall because both um, Adam and Eve were given some kind of anxious, kind of painful labor mm-hmm. is the way that it goes back into in Genesis. You know, she will have children painfully mm-hmm. and he will have painful labor um, yep. or you know or anxious the toil thorns and thistles yeah thorns and thistles yeah. mm-hmm. but then god too will redeem even that right yeah and, and now that you mention it there's uh kind of verses one and two might be for adam and verses mm-hmm. three and four for eve so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, yeah it could talking be about a man but mm-hmm. is he talking about the work and the, the family uh-huh and then, um, yeah, so then we'll, we'll get on to this idea of guarding. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, we talked about two examples, at least in class, of, of kind of building in vain. And one was the um, stadium in Dallas. You know, Jerry Jones built this huge stadium. <laughs> and apparently the quote goes that he wanted to do, why did he put it all so much of his own money in there? Uh-huh. And I don't know if this is right or not. I've never actually seen it. But I heard someone say that he wanted everyone to remember his name. Oh, gotcha. And that's just a prime example of, yeah. right? It's kind of like the Tower of Babel. They wanted to make a name for themselves. That's exactly what it says. Jerry World, yeah. Uh-huh. Is that what it's called? Yep. Okay. I, you know, and I don't know anything about this stuff, but I just, when I was looking into stuff, I that was an example that people gave of someone building for themselves. Uh-huh. And then also guarding in vain um, the Great Wall of China mm-hmm. was obviously huge and long and wide and deep and all the things that had to be but the mongols still got in because they how'd they get in well they just went around it basically well i guess they bribed <laughs> i guess they bribed the guardsmen oh i didn't know that yeah oh wow again now this could just be from you know when you look up stuff when you're doing something yeah. for preaching or whatnot you know well, you get all these analogies sure. and who knows if people make them up but basically their point was the mongols bribed the guards which yeah. well, makes again sense. if the watchmen uh, what's the scriptural thing? Unless, oh yeah, okay. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake yeah. in vain. Oh, that makes a lot right? of sense. Yeah. Okay, so then we the first parts, yes, are kind of about our work and, and doing it all for the Lord. And the second part really is about those areas where we have influence. You know, mm-hmm. whether that be your family, if you have children, or maybe, you know, your church community or whatever, but kind of keeping out the, the idea of the enemies at the gate. Mm-hmm. And um, children are a heritage from the Lord, yeah. it says, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And I kind of pulled that out because there are p- plenty of people who don't have children, right? right? And it says here that it's a it's a reward and a heritage. It's not mm-hmm. the it's not the only one, right? Of course, that would be Jesus. But I do remember when one day I was having a particularly rough day, and our oldest, who was probably, I don't know, I'd have to look on the handwriting. I have a picture of it. She literally posted this on the fridge for me. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb or reward. As if to be like, okay, yeah. it's okay. Remember, Mom, we'll be... We're good. I've always loved that verse, mm-hmm. a heritage from the Lord. And that's one of the things I give God thanks for. Uh, in my morning devotions every uh, every morning, you know, I pray for you and I pray for the, the kids. Mm-hmm. I say, Lord, you've given me a wonderful heritage. Uh, and I, I love that that idea of uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not inheritance; it's not something you get from him, but right. it's a heritage. It's something mm-hmm. you you leave behind, and it is. It's, it's a great gift to have a family like that. It is. All right. So then, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, mm-hmm. and he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Yep. And today, I think we have plenty of enemies, right? And one of the ways yeah. we we, according to this, that we speak to those enemies at the gate is by raising up 
children who well, can do that. Right, yeah. Right. You know, and that's hard to do in this culture. It is. It's very difficult to do in this culture, especially when everything is, is set against you. The barbarians are at the gate, so to speak. Right? Yeah. You got to figure out how to how to raise your kids up, right? But I, I mean, honestly, I've never thought about it like that before. That yet. Uh, so the way that you keep the barbarians out is mm-hmm. by raising up your kids and right. sending them after. I've never thought about that before. And, you know, especially as you get to be have children that are college age, like we do, we've mm-hmm. got two now that are in college, or one's going off to college, one's going to be a junior. Um, that's a time of definitely you're just confronted nonstop. Yeah, all uh, the even time. at a, even at a Christian college, our oldest one, even right. at a Christian college, you really need to know what you believe and why. And why you believe it? Yeah, you know, I'm going to prep, uh, sit down with Ellie in the next week here or so, and prep her because she's taking <laughs> one of her courses is called the Bible and Science. Which she didn't. That wasn't what she signed up for, but yeah. she, that's what oh, she got. Be great, no, I it'll be great. And she, but it's the so, Bible and Science at UT Austin. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and so I'll prep her for what I anticipate. They will say yes, and she'll love every moment of she it. Will. But um, you know. You just have to know where the person's coming from. Mm-hmm. And if, are they trying to build down or tear up? Tear right. down or build up, and it's probably tear down. Yeah, probably tear probably. down. Probably. We could be wrong. I Lord mean, you willing. you came to faith partly through a class on Christian, um, what what was it, Christian Apollo? What was a it? A survey of Christian thought. A survey of Christian yeah. thought by taught by, it happened to be a Christian guy. Right. But even at Dartmouth, that was highly strange. And I'm well, sure most people weird. in the class were not. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. No. But it was, you know, that I mean, that was already thirty, about twenty-five years ago. So oh back goodness. then, it was kind of a neutral thing. True. You know, let us examine this uh, this faith. Okay. But now it's it's probably more attacking it. Yeah. But you know, it's interesting you should mention that because I've really never thought about this this um, psalm in that way. Mm-hmm. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed right. is the man who fills his quiver with them. You know, the quiver is the little uh, box that you put your arrows in mm-hmm. on your hips. So you can take them with you. For he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And I'd always thought about that, not so much, even though it's using military language. Mm-hmm. I'd always thought of it as more as <clears throat> reputation. Because in the Old Testament, the city gate was like the main plaza of the city. Sure. That's where all that's the where action of the city yep. happens. That's where, that's like the public square. That's where the court was. You know, we talk about a court, mm-hmm. which has its roots in this idea of a plaza. Um, in the Old Testament, it was the gate. It okay. was the city gate where, where uh, legal proceedings took place. And so I've always pictured instead this uh, this man, you know, as being uh, this father when he grows up. His enemies are coming after him. His legal enemies are coming after okay. him. And his children uh, rise up and speak for him. Okay. I never really thought about, uh, you know, actually fighting at the gate. Like yeah. Mel Gibson. And sending your children as the arrows. Yeah, that's, that's very well, interesting. Well, probably because, you know, back in the day when we were homeschoolers, there was so this was just like the quiverful idea. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. arrows in the hand of a warrior was just prevalent everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. A um, lot of large families and a lot of people very concerned about, you know, one of the reasons you homeschool really is to make sure your children are right. getting the worldview that you hope exactly. they get, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's probably why I come at it from that. Yeah, it's a great passage, though, and it's. It, it, uh, I've, I've always been a little confused by Psalm 127, because Solomon, wise man though he is, mm-hmm. I've never really quite understood how he gets from, you know, point A to point B. Well, you know what? Um, I think because he's kind of a melancholic, like yourself, mm-hmm. sometimes, yes. right? I mean, he most of Ecclesiastes is just like, oh, the meaningless of it all, right? right? And so I think here he's reminding us that, you know, it does get to be maybe drudgery or meaningless work if we don't 
see it as for the Lord. You know, Mm -hmm. for instance, I'm basically a stay-at-home mom, right? Mm -hmm. I do a lot of things at the church, but they're all kind of on the side and volunteer and whatnot. And so most of my time is spent in in probably, you know, kind of drudge work, Mm -hmm. you know, laundry, groceries, cooking, cleaning. And that can become kind of meaningless if you don't have the right focus on it, right? If you don't um, say that this, I'm doing this for the heritage that I have right. here, right? I'm doing this for this family and to grow them up in the way they should go, etc. And that really changes everything, I think. No, it does. And that could be said of anybody's job. I mean, you could have a job that you don't really love, but it pays the bills or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's a purpose behind that, right? And par- part of that purpose is for your family and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's how I've, I've always reconcile the psalm in my mind mm-hmm. was that he, he starts out talking about vanity which is very typical in Ecclesiastes yes. you know, vanity of vanity all mm-hmm. those vanities but then here's this one thing that's not vanity right? and that's the blessing of family and, mm-hmm. and seeing uh, being given children and seeing them uh, rise up to know and love the Lord right? and the joy that gives to them mm-hmm. yeah yeah one of my favorites, even though I've never really understood it. It just always moves me. Yes. Well, you have, don't you use this one sometimes, or is mm-hmm. it only this one? You use it as a blessing at Thanksgiving. Use, is it 128? I'll, I'll use both 127 and 128 yeah. because they're both about family. Right. You know, and so 128 yeah. talks about, you know, children are heritage from mm-hmm. the Lord. And then 128 talks about your wife will be like a fruitful vine within yes. your house and your children like olive shoots around the table. Right. Yeah, that's your favorite. Yeah, which again, you know, I'm not really sure what it means, but really, <laughs> it just, it moves me. Yes. You know? Yes, it moves you. Yes, the Psalms are very moving. They are. They're wonderful. Yeah. Okay, well, if you are following along with memory and stuff, it's an easy week. We're just doing the first verse. Or you can do all of them. Or if you're like Eric, you can, he probably already knows all of them. But um, uh, then next week, I, well, I never tell what we're doing because sometimes that changes and I haven't gotten to that yet this week. So we have, I think, two more Psalms to cover in this series, and then we will be off and running with something else. But we hope you have a good week. That's right.